Radio. And tonight we got family in the house. If you don't know, now you know we got Camp Cleveland in the building. What's good, bro? How you doing? What's good, King? I I just want to thank you. I appreciate you allowing me on your platform. I know the time difference is kind of crazy, but you know, we're gonna make it happen. Joking, right? Come on, man. You family, man. You already know that, bro. We go through this all the time. <laughs> for sure, but I gotta I gotta give it up for you, man. I appreciate you. No, no doubt, man. So what's going on, man? Where you at? I'm in Egypt right now. I'm in Cairo. Oh, that's fucking dope, man. How many times have you been to Egypt? Yeah, at least about about five times. You know, I take groups to Egypt. You know, I had a tour lined up, so that's dope. And what I'm doing now, man, is I'm just making sure that I change the name on, on uh, the, the live streams so people will know who, who we are uh, chopping it up with. So I'm sorry if it looks like I'm ignoring the brother. I am not. I just want to make sure that we got everything, you know, functioning the way it should be. So how long you been in Egypt this time? Uh, I've been here since the beginning of the month. I left on the 3rd, January 3rd. Okay, that's dope. That's dope. And how long are you gonna be there? Are you going anywhere else? Or are you just gonna chill in, in Egypt this time? I don't know, man. I'm gonna bounce around. I really want to get back to the west side, uh, Cape Verde, Africa. Okay. All Maybe right. hit up Senegal, Ghana. And, and how many countries for for those people that are unaware? How many countries have you tapped into thus far? Uh, more than sixty, over sixty, between sixty and seventy countries around the world, and I've been to about fifteen, twenty African countries. Jesus Christ, bro. That's so I'm working. I'm still working on the fear of heights, bro. I, <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. That's how I used to be, man. I used to be afraid to fly. I took my first flight in 2010. And it was on after that. Yeah, well, I got a uh I got another grandbaby. Well, actually, I got two grandbabies on the way. Next both next month. That's that's crazy. Okay. Um, one is in Detroit, so I can drive there. That ain't no biggie. But I got one um, in when she's going to be, well, he's going to be born in New Mexico. I got to fly. You said Mexico? Uh-uh, New Mexico. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah, I've never That's been cool. to New Mexico. Congrats. Yeah, you know, but I got I got. You haven't been out there yet? No, I haven't. Oh, New Mexico is cool. I was looking at some land out there. They had some land for, you know, uh, for cheap. But I've been out there a couple a couple times to Albuquerque. It's real cool. It's different, though. It's, it's different. Yeah, my daughter, my daughter and her husband, they love it. Um, he's a doctor out there. Yeah. Okay. So he's still, he's still, like, doing his fellowship out. He's still basically in school. So we haven't been out there yet, man, but. Uh, I think I'm gonna surprise her and go out there in the ne- within the next couple of months. Yeah, I'm sure you're gonna like it out there. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see, man. Um, let's let, let's talk about your book too. You wrote a book, right? Yeah. What's the name of your book? All right, the name of my book is the Afro Set. So it's named after an organization, a Black Power organization, um, that was founded in the 1960s. And my uncle, my mom's brother, he was one of the co-founders. So the Afro set was founded in the Huff neighborhood. And for those people that's not familiar, the Huff neighborhood is in Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. Huff, they used to call it Rough Huff. It was the most 
dangerous, crime-ridden, poverty-stricken neighborhood in the entire state of Ohio. So it, it had quite a reputation. And that's where my family comes from, you know, at least my mom's side of the family. I mean, it, it still kind of got a little reputation to this day. You keep oh, yeah, that. no, it's... Yeah, it still got a reputation, but that's that's when it kicked off in the 60s. You know what I'm saying? So it's a very important time period, you know, because black people back then, it was redlined even today. But back then, redlining was real strict. So they couldn't live in a lot of these neighborhoods that they live in today. Mm-hmm. So take, you take know, us through the book, man. Like like uh, and, and, and you, you gave us a little insight into it, but like like. First off, why? What made you want to write the book? Oh, okay. Like I say, you know, my family was involved in it. So it's a part of my family's history. And now I do genealogy. So I did a lot of family research. And, you know, I did, I reconnected with my family roots. I found out where we got our slave name from and my great grandparents and all of that stuff. And then I got to my uncle and then I kind of centered on him and the history that he created. Because my family is a lot of black nationalists in my family, you know, Garveyites and different things like that. Mm-hmm. So that's that's really what inspired me to write the book, my family's connection to it. What they think about it? Oh, they think it was great because my uncle did a lot of things that people really have forgotten about in the city of Cleveland. It's not really talked about. You know, they did a lot of positive things mm-hmm. because they were... They were a black nationalist organization, so they were known for self-defense and carrying guns. They was carrying machetes and sticks. You know, they would fight back. You know, they would defend themselves. But more importantly, they did a lot of positive things. Like I said, Huff was so crime-ridden and poverty-stricken. You know, they would do community patrols. Um, they would relocate missing kids. You know, they had breakfast programs, lunch programs. They had classes. No classes on not only self-defense, but they had classes on drug awareness, African history, um, economics, you know, things like that. They opened up, they opened up shops inside of the shops. They would sell like, uh, you know, African jewelry, African necklaces, dashikis and pottery and different things like that. And they created, you know, like a certain level, uh, certain level of independence in the community where they can make Mm. their own money. You know, so they opened up a theater. They would do poetry readings. Uh, they would do plays, musical performances. They they were into a lot of different things. So did they come? Did they start before the Panthers or after? Uh, it was around the same time. So like, the timeline is very important. Okay, so Malcolm X got killed in nineteen sixty five. So all of these groups like the Afro set, the Panthers, the US organization, the Black Liberation Army, uh, the Republic of New Africa, the Republic of New Libya, all of these groups emerged after Malcolm X got killed. And this this is what we see the the radical black nationalists. But prior to Malcolm X, the first radical black nationalist group was a group called RAM, the Revolutionary Action Movement. And one of the co-founders was from Cleveland. So that's an important thing that a lot of people don't know. So Ram, although they was from Cleveland, they was able to influence groups like the Panthers, the Afro set, and many of the black nationalist groups that we know about. Okay. Wow. That's pretty dope. 
So, so how how long is the book? Like, how many chapters? How many pages? Um, some of us, like myself, I, I could do a lot better with reading. Don't get me wrong. Right, right. I feel it. I feel it. Well, the book is about three hundred pages, but it's it's very detailed, man. I interviewed almost a hundred elders. You know, people that was actually there, people that was knowledgeable and experienced. You know, this movement. And it's a lot of resources and references. I did a lot of research, man. I went to different states. I went to universities. I went to cemeteries, corners, offices, morgues. I went to news stations, uh, newspapers. You know, it's a lot of uh, information in this book. Let me ask you this, bro. Like, you do a lot of shit, man. And, and, yeah. and, and, and I know you, bro. Like, like, you have kind of to an extent man put your social life and your you know you kind of having what most of us would say is a life on hold for our people man why 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 you give a shit bro i don't know man like i say it, it kind of run in my family man like my like i say my uncles my great-grandfather they was into black nationalism you know some families is known that you know i ran track my dad ran track my grandfather ran track you know we on that black nationalist thing, we just got a, a, a love and affection for black people. So I feel like it's all worth it. That's why I dedicate so much time to history and education and giving back to the community. And, you know, even if it's other communities around the world, you know, I try to give back and volunteer and dedicate a lot of my time to that. And if y'all don't know, man, like, like, I don't know, what's it been like about a year now? He's been on the team, man, and and he has like sent us videos, shouting out "My skin is my sin" from I don't know, probably five, six different countries, uh, and county. So that's pretty dope, man. And and it has he 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 just don't know how much he has kind of like broadened our horizon across the planet, man. So I need to say thank you for that. Oh yeah, most definitely, man. I appreciate you. I'm gonna tell you thank you every time, man. I appreciate you. You helping me take it to another level. Oh shit, man. I don't do shit but run my mouth in the basement, bro. <laughs> 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 hey, so um if anybody wants to cop the book, where they do that? Okay, you can reach me on uh Facebook, um, Instagram, uh YouTube. You know, my handle is the same everywhere. Camp Cleveland, C A M P. C L E V E L A N D, and I got a website, campcleveland.org. So if you want information about Africa, traveling, uh, the book, my music, everything that I do, you can find all of that stuff there. And if you tuned in on YouTube, I just put the uh, the website in there, campcleveland.org. Um, and I'll try to get to around to doing that on the Facebook uh, live stream as well. But if you are tuned in, please make sure y'all go check that out. Uh, Cle- CampCleveland.org. CampCleveland.org. And, and, and my man also raps and got oh, some yeah. dope fucking videos, man. The, my favorite is probably the joint from Cuba. Like, oh, the new one. Yeah, I just put that out. Yeah. Thank like, like <laughs> how does a brother get in Cuba? Or you say, how do you get in there? Yes, like, uh, come on, bro. Like that, like that's so fucking dope, man. And Cuba looks so beautiful. Oh yeah, it's very beautiful. When you go into Cuba, it's like stepping back into time because 
they just now started allowing citizens to use the internet. A lot of the cars is from the 1950s and 40s and 30s. You see old school cars everywhere, you know what I'm saying? But it's it's like a breath of fresh air, you know what I'm saying? When you go to Cuba, I've been to Cuba like two or three times. I love Cuba. I'm going back as soon as possible, man. Everybody in Cuba, they can go to college. Everybody in Cuba can go to the doctor. They got healthcare. Their healthcare system is is top notch, man. And actually, from my understanding, and I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you can actually go to their medical schools uh, for free. Yeah, uh, Castro, he he helped a lot of revolutionaries, like a lot of Black Panthers, when they um, became political prisoners or they was on the run, they went to Cuba. And some of them are still there. And he also, he helped several African countries, you know, overthrow European colonizers. So he helped South Africa, he helped Namibia, the Congo, Angola and several other African countries. So as far as African Americans, they can go to Cuba and they can go to medical school for free. If I wasn't so lazy, I'd go down there, bro. If I wasn't so old and lazy. <laughs> Man, you would love it. I'm telling you, you you would you definitely have a good time. Good food. The people is friendly. The weather, you know, it's the Caribbean. So it's nice, it's warm, it's high, beautiful beaches. And you know what, like the last time, I remember the last time you were on, we were talking about that. And I literally, when we got off the phone, was talking to the old lady about going to Cuba. And and like, that's something that just probably, especially with my fear of, of heights, is doable. Because it's not that, like I could drive to Florida and then take like a 30 minute flight to Cuba. Yeah, it ain't that, it don't take that long. It's real close. It's, it's a lot closer than you would think. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You, yeah, you can take a that. boat over there. Because people, some people, they be floating you know they take the raft and float over or whatever it ain't that far man yeah i am doing that though bro <laughs> you be all right <laughs> yeah. that'll be a nice little first destination you know okay so so you rap you wrote a book what else you out there doing bro man you know traveling i do a lot i'm a historian i'm a musician i'm an author you know, I'm just trying to take it to the next level. I'm an archivist. I'm, I'm trying to be a linguist, study different languages, uh, French, Spanish, Portuguese. I want to learn some some uh, African languages and, uh, you know, my music. But my book, my book, that's that's my heart, man. I spent five years, you know, like I say, researching and collecting information. It, mm -hmm. It's a book that if anybody read it, you know, they're going to reassess themselves as a black person, even whether they're from Cleveland or not. And if you're from Cleveland, you're really going to look at things different because Cleveland was a very, very important, you know, place during the black power movement. You know what I'm saying? We did a lot of great things at that time. And I'm trying to think, man, I know I got a, I got at least one teacher on, on, on my friends list from Cleveland. And, and are you, from, are you cool with Lotus? Maybe Facebook. I think it might be it might be friend, Facebook friends. I'm not sure that name. Yeah, Lotus Tara Diva Wilson. Pretty sure, like we. Yeah, let me see. I'm. I literally it just popped up, but she's been rocking with the show for years, man. And I'm pretty sure I'm gonna have to tag y'all into some shit because she went to uh uh Cleveland State, and actually oh, I think okay. she's got an uncle that teaches African studies, if I remember wow. correctly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so let me uh don't let me forget. I'm old, man. I'll forget shit. Right, I want to no, make sure no, that I uh I, I tap you in with her too and whoever else I can. Like uh, and I think I matter of fact, I know I tagged you on a post uh my boy uh boom. 
uh, out of Baltimore. Uh, he's Sunny Baltimore on uh, Facebook. And what he does is he take books, takes books to the hood. You know, just 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 literally just just old school. If you got a dope book, I'll take your shit to the hood and try to get people up on your shit. So I had mentioned you on one of his posts about that. So go through your I know you get a shitload of uh, notifications. Go through that shit, man. And tap in with that brother because talk about a network like he started this group called 300 Gangsters. Okay, And like they from coast to coast. No people, mm. they they are extremely tapped in, um, All right. All right. and I'm trying to, you know, like it's a, it's it's a shitload of people that we have run across over the years, man. When you coming back, so you can come. To, see, you ain't come through the crib last time, bro. Right, right. You know, you got to come through the crib, and we can sit down and, and kind of like go through because go through who who I you know kind of know that we can kind of link you up and maybe help you out with the book. Because I want to make sure, and Edda Lucas, shout out to you. Uh, make sure you you go check out campcleveland.org and cop his book. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what this is all about, is spreading the word for some fucking greatness, man. Oh, and he also does tours in Africa. He'd have been to over 60 countries. If you want to go to Africa and you need a tour guide, Camp Cleveland is your guy. How much, how like, how much is let's say a tour to South Africa, just as an example to give people kind of like a a budgetary starting, right? Point. Okay, I'll break it down for you. We got seven African tours and they all the same price, so you can go, you can pick from South Africa, Ghana, Cape Verde, Ethiopia, Egypt, Kenya, and Senegal. So that's north, south, east, west. And you get a variety of choices. Um, you can do a payment plan. All of the tours are the same price. It's $2,800. That includes the flight, the hotel, the breakfast, the dinner, all of the activities, all of the transportation. You know, everything that we do is, is all included. And you know, I can't type in uh, text at the same time, man. I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm pretty slow. So what I'm I'm trying to tag some of the people that I was talking about. Why you saw? I thought you was going to uh, get a little further into it because I know there was somebody on my uh, Carol. Somebody I know she went on one of your tours. Oh yeah, and, Carol. She we went to Egypt last year. Oh my she god! Like like it's low key, man. She talks about this shit every other week. I almost had to block her. Man. I'm, <laughs> I'm just talking shit. Yeah. Um, but she she absolutely loved it, man. So whatever you did over there, bro. Yeah. It's a life-changing experience. It ain't me, man. It's a life-changing experience. You know what I'm saying? Everywhere we, you know, I take people to safe places, fun places, educational places, man. And it's just so much. It, it's something that you can't really put into words. And, and it's something that'll last you a lifetime. You know what I'm saying? We spend money on so many different things. And, you know, clothes, cars, you know, that stuff is cool, but it, it get old, it depreciates in value. But if you take a trip to Africa, that's something that you're going to be able to talk to your kids, your grandkids, your great-grandkids. And, man. Um, I have no idea what, what Penn and his info is, Edda. I'm an old man. I don't, I don't know these new terms. You know, you got to you gotta dumb it down for me. Slow it up. Oh, it literally says pen message. Okay. <laughs> I think I figured that out. That wasn't that bad. Um, what's the one place you went to that that 
made you the most emotional to be there? Like I've heard some places in, in Africa that people just literally cried. Like what place, what place just really, really got to you? As far as like emotional experience, I was probably yeah. two places because Egypt is one place emotional. Like, you know, you always hear things about Egypt. You read the books, you see the pictures, then you kind of see the movies and you're like, is they black? Is they white? You know, then once you touch down and you see these great pyramids, these great monuments, you go to the Valley of the Kings, the Valley of the Queens, Hatshepsut's Temple, the Sphinx, the Pyramids of Giza, and then you look on the walls and then you can see yourself. You see Afros, you see braids, you see dark skin, you see brown skin, you see kings and queens. That's some, that is like a great, greater emotional experience, if you can understand what I'm saying. You know, mm -hmm. it's like uplifting. You're like, wow, man, it, it, we really accomplished these things. So it gives you hope that we can, you know, return to that level of greatness. And then I will have to say maybe on the opposite end of the spectrum, you know, when you visit Ghana, it's, it's several um, slave dungeons on the West Coast of Africa, but I would say more so Ghana. You know, mm -hmm. 2019, last year was the year of return. So we've seen a lot of celebrities, Rick Ross, T.I., uh, Michael Jai White. A lot of people went to Africa, went to Ghana specifically because it was 400 years since the uh, transatlantic slave trade. So they have, they have Elmina, and they have Cape Coast, which are slave dungeons. So when you go into these places, you know, it's an emotional experience because, you know, we feel like we lost a lot of our history. We got disconnected. And that's where the door of no return was. So a lot of our ancestors, they got shipped off from these places, you know, so. I can't even imagine, bro. Yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of people, you know, they go to Africa and go to the door of no return, man, and I, every person, every story that I've seen has been the same, how it was just life-changing. Yeah, man, people went through a lot because a lot of the people, before they got to the dungeons, they may have been walking, forced to walk for weeks or months, you know, and then they get into these places and they chained up, they get tortured, they get raped, they get murdered, you know, they separated from their family, so many catastrophic things happen you know in these areas and then you just kind of taking it all in mixed with what we're going through in america so it, it maybe it would be a little different if we were in america and we didn't have the intense racial situation so it's like compacted i don't know man i don't know i don't i don't i think some things as africans binds us all and that would be one of them like if you are an African black person, whatever you calling us or you, and something like that doesn't resonate with you, we we need to strip you of your melanin, get that shit up, you know. Um, and I know, I know, I know how how uh, the data is over there on the continent. I get a lot of brothers uh, that like they say that shit is mad expensive to go to go live, and that's why a lot of brothers in Africa don't go live. Um, so I ain't gonna take too much of your time, man, because I know you over there in Egypt. But man, you gotta send me some more uh pyramid pictures. You know that's like my my it's really the only thing on my uh my 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 before I die list, realistically outside, you know, only you know, getting rich would be nice, but that's really the main thing. Always that's always been on my bucket list my whole life is 
seeing the pyramids in person, man. So at least send your boy some pictures and shit. You know? Oh yeah, I got. You. I gotta get another video. You. you know, um, what's a, what you doing tomorrow, man? Or what time is it over there before we go? I need to know. Uh, it was about one o'clock. Let me see. I lost track of time. It's about one thirty in the morning. In the morning. Oh shit. Oh my god. Yeah. And and somebody had a question. Do you think that Ghana owes Black Americans reparations because slavery? North American, I mean, North Atlantic dungeons located in Ghana and other parts of Africa. Okay, you said do Africans owe us uh, reparations? Ghana well, specifically. Well, it's, it's kind of complicated because the slave trade is kind of generalized. So Ghana mm-hmm. is, a, is a fairly new nation. Ghana got its independence in 1957. So when we were trading into slavery, Ghana didn't exist. Right. versus America was kind of existed. I mean, America was kind of founded off of slavery. So if you say Ghana sold us into slavery, that would be incorrect. It was mm-hmm. certain tribes and certain groups of people. You know what I'm saying? So say, for example, Ethiopia. I don't know how many Ghana has, but I'm going to use Ethiopia. Ethiopia has 80 different ethnic groups. Mm-hmm. So you get what I'm saying? Versus if you say Ethiopians sold us, or this one tribe, or these two or three tribes. So they kind of make it like all of the Africans were selling us. And, and that wasn't necessarily the case. And after and during slavery, Africans were enslaved themselves. You know what I'm saying? Millions of Africans died in Africa at the hands of the same people that enslaved us. So they didn't just take us to America and leave Africa alone. They tore Africa apart. They took they take diamonds, gold, oil, rubber, you know, platinum, all of the resources that Africa has. Like I know, and I'm not, you know, I'm no Israelite and I'm no historian on the Israelite religion, but I have had, you know, we have had some Israelites come on the show over the years and that's their Mm -hmm. thing. It's like, you know, like Africa sold us out. They traitors, blase, splee. And I think that they missing what you just said. Not to knock their their religion at all. I got a lot of respect for the brothers and sisters. I truly do. I got family members that are that are that are Hebrew Israelites. It's tough to pin it all on you know on one big ass continent. I think that's unfair. You know, like I don't want somebody to say I'm from Detroit. Every nigga in Detroit is guilty of X. It's not right. You know what I'm saying? Just like every black person or every African. On the continent, their people or their lineage is not guilty of being complicit. Another thing that people, I think, overlook is the thinking of of the Africans that did sell us. I don't know that, you know, from my understanding, again, you know, you're a lot smarter brother than me, but African slavery was different than what we experienced here. Oh yeah, definitely. Totally different. Yeah, yeah. but I could say this say this like, okay, for example, Africa is the most diverse continent in the world. So just imagine this. If if you go to Cuba, like we talked about Cuba, imagine you go to Cuba mm-hmm. and you go to Haiti, then you go to Canada, then you go to Jamaica, then you go to America. All of these countries are in North America. This is one continent. But the language is different. The people is different. The people look different. 
you know what I'm saying? The laws, the religion, the weather, the food, the animals. So we tend to say Africa as one place, which it is a continent, but it's, mm-hmm. it's 50, 60 countries. You know what I'm saying? So that, right. that's one of the things, you know, that a lot of people don't don't look at because they might be like, oh, it's a civil war in Africa. And you'd be like, well, where is it? It's in Nigeria. I'm in Kenya. That's 10,000 miles away. You know what I'm saying? And it's two totally different places. You know yeah. What I'm I mean, like, let's be honest, like, like myself included, you know, I grew up thinking that, you know, the Af- talking about niggas, you are African booty scratcher and, you know, yeah. say, saying African, sh- you, calling you an African was a, a, a slur, a put down mm-hmm. until you, you know, you start meeting some people like uh, I work with some Africans, literally mm-hmm. cool to the motherfucker, man, and work they ass off, but just really good fucking people. You know, like like I've met African people that completely it's nothing like what, what people want to say. And they know they don't they didn't hate me when they met me, you know, mm. like it wasn't no sh- we, we really need to start listening to our African brothers and sisters and actually having some dialogue with them and vice versa, because they get some bullshit, you know, through the TV, just like we got some bullshit through the TV. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's the main thing, the media. Because like I say, man, Africa is so uh, minerally rich. There's so many oh, resources God. over here. You know, a lot of, they don't want us to reconnect with each other, you know, unfortunately. No, no they don't. That that doesn't benefit, the, you know, the white supremacists here for us to have that, that, that support and that mainline connection, you know. Um, And shout out to everybody that's been in the chat room today, man. If y'all got any questions, because we're going to wrap it up soon. Um, get them out there now, and I will ask the brother. Um, and shout out to you, Deborah Thompson. Um, she said this young man has a lot, of, a lot of information I have not heard before. She will be checking his book and YouTube out. So shout out. And what is your YouTube? Uh, Camp Cleveland. Uh, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Camp Cleveland everywhere. If you just Google Camp Cleveland, you will find the brother. Um, and again, make sure you go to campcleveland.org. And please, please, please buy five books oh yeah <laughs> you know of afro said buy five of them not one not two buy five you know how much are the books uh they 25 that's a bill 25 for you that's not it i heard a young lady talking about but she was working this is crazy totally off topic but this sister i work with was working overtime to buy a 1400 dollars purse blew my fucking mind mm-hmm. bro like like you're gonna Man. she's like she like yeah i'm working midnight tonight for what? To buy a purse. Ugh. Anyway, man, um, I know that's completely off topic. Shout out to Tito Tito Lumbre. Um, and he says Shalom fam. Um, a lot of people over here need to be stripped of their melanin. That's a dope statement, bro. Shout out to you. Um, other than that, man, before we get up out of wait a minute, if Ghana African played a role in slavery or not, and they are victims as well, are you saying we are native Ghanaian? If we are taken from Ghana into this, well, we, no, no, no. And I think I can answer this one. What he's saying is that during the slave trade, Ghana didn't exist as a country. So we couldn't be native Ghanaian if that didn't even exist during the slave trade. I, and I think that, let me know if that answers your question, Kurt, Kurt Israel. I could be, you know. Maybe I misread that, but if Ghana African played a role in slavery or not, 
and they are victims as well. Are you saying we are native Ghanaian if we are taken from Ghana into slavery trade? Uh, I think I read that correctly. And Say I that think, again. All right. If Ghana played a role in slavery or not, and they are victims as well, are you saying we are native Ghanaian if we were taken from Ghana into the slavery trade? Well, this is the thing. I do genealogy, so I help people um, trace their roots with the family trees and, you know, do the DNA tests and mm -hmm. things like that. So you have two parents, you got four grandparents, eight great-grandparents, 16 great-great, 32 great-great-great, uh, 60, uh, 64 great-great-great-great, 128 great-great-great-great. That's five great-greats. And that's only going back maybe two, 300 years. So what I'm trying to say is out of those 125 people, they didn't come from the same tribe. And mm -hmm. by us being African-Americans, we came from several tribes. So it, it would be almost impossible for any African-Americans unless they were, you know, exempt from the slave trade, you know, to come from one tribe. You may have a higher percentage of one tribe than the other tribe, but it would vary from each African-American. So some may have a higher percentage of the tribes in Senegal, maybe Wolof, then the Ashanti is in Ghana or Yoruba, that's in Nigeria. And, you know, it's thousands of tribes in Africa, so. But Ghana as a nation didn't exist till 1957. All right, and I, and I hope that answers your question, Kurt Israel. Um, and, and, and if anybody got any questions, I'm gonna give you a couple minutes. Is there anything that you wanted to say before we uh, wrap it up too? Yeah, as far as the book, the Afro set, um, you know, a lot of times we don't get to learn about our history. And when we do, it's usually like um, more in a submissive role. If you want to know about a group that fought back physically, polit politically, economically, you know, a group that really took a stand, they practiced self-defense, they trained, like I say, with rifles, machetes, you know, and different things like that, um, the Afro set would be a, a great book for you, you know. Absolutely. And one more from Kurt Israel. He says, if we are tribal and the Ghanaians were tribal with a different name, then are we the same people? Um, I can tell you, no, not everybody would be the same people because Ghana, even though it wasn't Ghana, that area was a, 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 a stopping point for a lot of people before we got taken to other parts of the globe. So you could have been from Ethiopia, whether it was Ethiopia at the time, or you could have been from South Africa, or you could have been from anywhere on the continent, possibly, and taken to the area that be later became Ghana before you went to, let's say, America or Brazil or wherever it is, they took you as a slave. So that wouldn't make us all the same. It would give us all the same history at one point. Does that make sense, bro? Yeah, definitely. You broke it down because, like I say, some people walked for months before they even reached the coast. Ghana is just on the coast. So if you're walking for two, three months, you ain't you from somewhere. You might be from Central Africa or Southern or Northern. You don't know. But they our history is snubbed, so they just kind of like, okay, y'all from the West Side. 
because they don't yeah. really teach us too much about it anyway. So we we come from different tribes. There's thousands of tribes in Africa, and not all of them were selling slaves. So, you know, some was fighting back, some fought against slavery, some tried to stop it. You know, but they they're not going to teach us none of that. Okay, um, and Kurt, I'm sure you can. Not sure how you're going to prove that Ghana is guilty, but I'm sure, you know, if you say you can, I'm not going to argue with you, bro. Salute to you for having the proof that Ghana is guilty as well for slavery and owes all black people reparations. Um, I'm not going to argue with you, bro. I do appreciate you tuning in, man. Um, and do us a favor, man. Like the channel, subscribe to the channel. Um, and share the show, man. And please, man, go out and support this brother. He's doing a lot of a lot of good things in, in not only um, the community of Cleveland, which he and I live, uh, but on the planet as well, man. So shout out to you, Cam Cleveland, man. Much love. And you already know, man, this is home, man. Whatever you need, if I can do it, but just let me know. All right, King. Thanks again, man. I'm going to send you some videos soon, man. <laughs> All right, no doubt, man. Looking forward to it, man. On that note, we out. Peace. All right, peace. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh.